0: Thank you for joining us for this podcast, The Family Fellowship of Greenville, located in Greenville, Texas. If you'd like more information about our church, please log on to www.familyfellowship.us or email us at info at familyfellowship.us. Now here's Lee Pastor, all Blue. Good morning everybody. I just learned something new. You probably noticed that we had, have handrails up. The fire marshal wanted us to put those up. And that just shocked the daylights out of me when I, that's never happened before because they weren't there. So I'm going to have to watch for that. Proverbs chapter 30, if you have your Bible this morning, Proverbs chapter 30. And uh, while you're turning there, I'm I'm going to do a little trick this morning, do some money tricks. And so I'm going to take that, it's a $20 bill, I'm going to set it right there, and then I'm going to. Come back. Maybe I'll come over here and watch what this is gonna do. All right here, boy. (whistles) Roll over. Accrue interest. Now we could do this all day, right? Here's here's what I want you to see. Money can't do tricks. Money is inanimate. It can't do anything on its own. It has no power whatsoever, which means it can't fix anything. So if you have problems, money can't fix your problems. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because what happens is, as many people think when, when they get in financial trouble that if they just had more money, that it would fix their financial problems. But But watch. Watch what happens. If I take more money, and put it right down here with this other. And I do the exact same thing. Here, boys. Sit. You know what? The only trick money can do? Play dead. Right? You see, it doesn't matter. If all you do is you have money that has no power, that cannot do anything, adding more money doesn't change anything. What it simply does is it gives you more money that has no power to do anything it's a bigger pile of money that honestly is going to make a bigger pile of problems first thing in your message notes is really they're all important but but you got to get this one more money never fixes money problems and that's what uh, that's a a big problem that a lot of people have Let, let me explain you see money can't do anything by itself money only does what we make it do so if someone is mismanaging a $40,000 a year salary, that same person is going to mismanage an $80,000 a year salary because more money doesn't fix money problems. As a matter of fact, what it does is it compounds the money problems because the problems are the result not of the money, but the person managing the money. Now, a lot of times we have this this idea, yeah, but if I had the, the the amount of money that celebrities make, then I'd be okay. If I had that much money, my problems would go away. Really? Did you know that the king of pop, Michael Jackson, when he died was $400 million in debt? Floyd Mayweather found himself in $22 million in debt to the IRS. Rapper 50 Cent was in debt $32 million and went bankrupt. Willie Nelson was $16 million in debt, and the federal government seized his assets. Some old school athletes, Johnny Unitas, Lawrence Taylor, some older actors, Burt Reynolds, and I I could give you a long list of celebrities who made millions of dollars and who all went bankrupt. Why? Because they didn't have a successful financial strategy. And that's the title of today's message. Last week, we talked about the fact that in Scripture... It's obvious that money matters to God. There is so much said in the scripture about money and it matters to God. And so we want to talk about what does it look like to be able to have biblical wisdom applied in our finances. So even though we're talking about successful financial strategy, I doubt that I've fooled very many of you about what today's message is really about. It's about that that word. That word that. Many of us, we shall never speak to some of you. It's profanity. You know, the word I'm talking about, it's the B word budget. That's what we're talking about today. But because we we hate that word so much, we're not going to use that word. We're going to talk, call it something else. We're going to call it this morning, a personal spending plan. Now, I might accidentally slip up and say the B word. If I do, you just forgive me and know what I mean. Way too many people think that the answer to, more, to money problems is more money. But the amount of money that you have is not what's most important. The most important thing to addressing money problems is finding wisdom and putting it to use in our finances. The Old Testament book of Proverbs is the book of wisdom. It's the collection of wise sayings that are inspired by the Holy Spirit. And and the book of Proverbs often uses contrast. It contrasts foolishness and wisdom to make a point. And so to follow the advice of Proverbs is to practice wisdom. To ignore the advice of Proverbs is to be foolish. And so this morning, what we want to do is we want to to put the the words of the book of Proverbs when it comes to, to money and finances into practice in our lives. And so in Proverbs chapter 30... Look at verse 24. The Bible says there are four things on earth that are small, but unusually wise. Now, we're not going to look at all four. We're just going to look at the first in verse 25. Ants, they aren't strong, but they store up food all summer. Now, the ant is a small creature. And to tell you what, you might just go to Proverbs chapter six while I'm, while I'm talking for just a moment. Proverbs chapter six, we'll get there in a moment. So the ant is a small creature, but the ant does something spectacular by instinct. It makes the decision every day to save for the future. Proverbs 6 tells us from the ant, and I'm picking right up in the middle of verse 6. It says, to learn from the ant, learn from their ways and become wise. Though they have no prince or governor or ruler to make them work. They labor hard all summer gathering food for the winter. And so God says this in the book of wise sayings. If you want to make wise financial decisions, take a lesson from this little tiny small creature, the ant. And there seems to be two things in these verses that we learn from the ant that we can put into practice in our lives to help us make wise financial decisions. And the first is this. We need to have a financial plan. Plain and simple. Can't get much easier than that. We need to have a financial plan. And yet, that seems so simple. But if stats in this room would be consistent with the rest of the world, there's probably only 15% of you that have a plan. The ant is given to us as an example of one with wisdom because it has a plan. The ant knows that it needs to save for the future. It works now in consideration of a time when it can't work. And so it's proactive. We used that word last week. You might remember I shared with you that the number one habit of highly successful people from Stephen Covey's book is that they are proactive. He went on to to describe it this way. Things don't happen to them. They happen to things. So what that means is we can't sit around and wait for our money To do something on its own. Because it is inanimate. It can only do what we make it do. But if we will be proactive. That act of wisdom. Listen. Can take away our financial stress. And replace it with joy. Proverbs 3.13 says this. Joyful is the person who finds wisdom. The one who gains understanding. So first. We need to have a financial plan, whether you want to call it the B word or whatever, something else. It just you just need to be proactive. The second thing is this. We need to be self-motivated. And maybe you maybe you even scratch out the word need and and maybe you write in must. We must be self-motivated. The Bible makes it clear that no one makes the ant store up food for winter. It doesn't have a a governor, a commander, or a ruler. It it doesn't have a CPA or a financial counselor or even a spouse that's telling it what to do. It does this because it understands the wisdom of being prepared for the future and what the unknown future might hold. The ant finds its motivation in the fact that there are things in its future that are out of its control and that it needs to prepare for. So here's here's a question this morning. Do you really want to succeed spiritually in your finances? The ant does what it does because it wants to succeed. But for the ant, success isn't more money, it's living. It understands that the wisdom of being prepared for the future and what the unknown future will hold. Its desire to succeed causes the ant to be self-motivated. And if we truly want to succeed with our money, we must come to terms with the fact that a passive approach to money is a roadmap to financial failure. A passive approach to money is a roadmap to financial failure. The ant understands that it needs to plan to have more than enough to live on. It doesn't just live week to week. But it plans ahead for uncertain times. For us, it's those uncertain things that begin to unravel our finances, right? It's the stuff that we like, we didn't know it was coming. And when those big things happen and we, we don't have the money, or that's all the money we have, and then we don't know if we're going to be able to, to to pay the bills, to keep the lights on, or make the house payment, because this uncertain thing came up in our finances. Well, they're uncertain because we don't know. When they're going to happen. But we all know that those types of things are going to happen, don't we? We know that those uncertain things are going to happen to us. And when we don't plan ahead for things such as new tires. The transmission went out. The roof has to be replaced. Uh, loss of a job. Any of those types of things. When those things happen, we don't have the money to take care of those things. And the Bible says that if we live that way. If we simply constantly live having to, to try to figure out how to pay for things, these uncertain things that happen, and we don't have the money for them, the Bible says that's foolish. Proverbs twenty one twenty says that it's fools that spend whatever they get. We need to have a plan, and we need to have be self-motivated to carry out this plan, working now and saving to be prepared for those uncertain things that are coming in the future. That's what it is to be a wise money manager. A wise money manager has a plan to save for future things. And the Bible's telling us all this morning, if we don't have that plan, if we haven't sat down and been proactive with our finances, we are not wise. And here's a practical reason why it's not wise. And I touched on it briefly last week. We will be guided, not by wisdom, if we don't have a plan, but by emotion. And emotional decisions are rarely good decisions. Living without a spending plan would be like heading out for a trip to Big Run Creek, West Virginia. Does anybody know where that is by any chance? Anybody heard of that? I just want to look and see. You know where it is? So one person. So that one person, this illustration doesn't apply to that one person, but to everyone else. Let's say you were setting out on a trip for Big Run Creek, West Virginia, but you're going without a written map, how are you going to find it? Well, we all generally know the direction of West Virginia, right? Some of you, you know that it's east. Some of you know it's that way because you don't know east and west, right? So it's that way. So you're going to get on I-30 and you're going to go that way. And you know what? Maybe if you read a few signs here and there, you might end up even in West Virginia, But the odds of ending up in Big Run Creek, West Virginia, are very, very minute. See, you never get to your desired destination without a detailed step-by-step map that you can see. And that's series principle number two. Last week, the first one was God owns it all. This week, your series principle number two is, is I need a written personal spending plan. And you go ahead and emphasize the word written. Because you have to have a map that you can see to get to the destination that you want to end up at. The purpose for this personal spending plan is to give you the detailed map so that you can see where you are and where you need to go to get with your income. So in order to get where you want to go in the, in the long term, you have to drive through the, the short term. So, so think of it like this. Think of think of, of, your finances like you setting out for a trip to, let's just say, Arkansas in the dark, right? Here's the thing. You can't see all the way to Arkansas in the dark. So what do you do? You, you drive in the appropriate direction seeing what you can see with your headlights. And so you can see the short-term stuff. You've got the long-term in mind. But all you can really work on right now is the short term that, that you can see. So I want to give you a, a, a visual, uh, a map, if you will, to kind of help you understand the simplicity of the personal spending plan. So so what you have here is you have things that you find in your short term, right? So those things look like this. Boom. You have, you have short-term commitments, and they are taxes, debt repayment, And giving. Now look, the destination is way over here. But all you can see right now to start with is the things in the short term, what your headlights will let you see. So you have your commitments first, taxes, debt repayment, and giving. As a citizen of America, you are committed to paying taxes. As a child of God, you are committed to give generously and cheerfully back to God. And if you've borrowed money from someone or some entity or a bank or whatever, you have to pay them back. You're committed to repaying them. So these are your commitments. These are the things that you can see in the short term in your headlights because they're right in front of you. They're right here right now. But there are also some things in the short terms, but they're just a little bit ahead. And that's these. They're they're your priorities. And that's like if you have to like throw on your high beams, right? It's still in the short term. You can still see it out ahead. It's not in the long term. But it's only taken care of after the commitments, and that's living expenses and your savings. Living expenses are shelter, food, clothes, those types of things. And then you have the savings. If you put money in your savings, you are saving it. What's happening is you're providing a means to take care of the things that are much further down the road on this financial trip that we're taking. And the money that we save after we've done the short term things, such as our commitments and our priorities, are, are the things that we use for our long term financial decisions. And these are what we call our lifestyle desires. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this today other than to say this. Lifestyle desires and living expenses are not the same thing. But many people confuse the two. Living expenses again are food, clothes, and shelter, but lifestyle desires are the newer, bigger, fancier things that we want, right? So these are the brand new car, brand new truck, the boat, the lake house, the new house in the, in the better neighborhood or whatever. Now, now hear me. There is nothing wrong with these things in and of themselves, and I'll make sure that we're clear on that. But they can be, they can become wrong in our hearts if they become idols to us. And they can be wrong in our finances when we move them out of the appropriate place in our financial trip. So when we take these lifestyle desires and move them up into the short term and call them living expenses, that's when they become wrong for us. And this is where the majority of our financial mistakes are made, and here's why. If we skip the short-term saving step and go straight to the long term, term, lifestyle desire step, we are stealing from ourselves. When you find yourself struggling financially, you know something that just makes you sick to your stomach is when someone steals from you. But it ought to make us even sicker when we're stealing from ourselves. If we take money that should go to savings and put it into lifestyle desires, one of those uncertain things is going to come up. The tires, the transmission, the medical costs, whatever. And we won't have the money we need because we stole it from ourselves. And if your plan for life's uncertain expenses is a constant barrage of GoFundMe pages, you have a really bad plan. We need godly wisdom. So let me wrap this up. You can begin to set your financial goals now. Maybe it's something that you've done before, but you've gotten sidetracked. You know, that is something that we do a lot of times, right? We, we sit down and we we realize, oh, I've got I've to get my plan set. And we, we work on it and all that. And then we start doing good. It's amazing what happens. when we start doing good. The plan starts working. And then we get a little bit of cushion. And what do we do? We stop and we steal from ourselves. And we like, I have this money I didn't have before. I'm jumping to the lifestyle desires plate, place right now. We get so excited because we've done good, and we're stealing from ourselves. So yes, yeah, sometimes we get started and we stop. So maybe you've you've done it, but you need to go back and you need to get focused again. Or maybe you've never sat and written out a, a spending plan. This is how much is coming in. This is what what I have to do in in the short term with with both. Commitments and priorities, and then this is what I want to be able to have ultimately for the long-term desires, the lifestyle desires. But those things will never work unless we put together a written personal spending plan. Why, why do we want to do that? It goes back to, to the fact that money matters to God. And you matter to God. And God loves you. And God doesn't want you to struggle. God knows that money is, is an issue in, in, in marriages, and it's it's the number one cause of marital trouble is money. And, and, and the emotional toll that it makes on us or it takes on us at, when we get to the end of every month and we've got more month than money. God doesn't want that for us, and he's saying, I, I want you to have some wisdom, and here it is if you'll just follow it. You can begin to set your financial goals now. You can begin to create your own personal spending plan now or you can wait until you hit rock bottom. Now here's the thing. When you're at rock bottom it's a whole lot easier choice to make. Because you have no other options. You have nowhere else to go. But you have a much deeper hole to dig out of. Listen to what the Bible says in Proverbs chapter twenty four and verse three. A house is built by wisdom and becomes strong through good sense. Verse 4, through knowledge, its rooms are filled with all sorts of precious riches and valuables. There were some key words in there. Wisdom, good sense, knowledge. These are what it takes to protect your house, protect your family, protect your finances. And this wisdom can replace financial stress with joy. I closed last week with this question. If you had to go six months without any income, could you pay your bills? And if not, it means that we're one accident away from financial ruin. So let's approach our dollars with some good sense, with some wisdom, with some knowledge, biblical wisdom to help us avoid financial stress. And this begins... With series principle number one, God owns it all. He has trusted us to be his money managers. We are stewards of God's wealth. And then we add to it series principle number two. So we've got to be proactive with our finances by creating a written personal spending plan. And we've got to stop stealing from ourselves. And stop skipping the short-term steps and going straight to the long-term lifestyle desires. God Loves you. God does not want for you to find yourself in the turmoil of financial stress. So much so that He has given us simple, biblical, foundational wisdom steps if we'll follow them. If we obey the wisdom in Proverbs, we are wise. If we choose to do it our own way, we are foolish. We get to choose. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes with me this morning? One of the things that we have a real pride struggle with, and, and we all, we know it, we can all admit it, is our finances. So much so that. We will often make our financial situation worse so that other people won't know that we're having financial trouble. We'll try to hide it. We'll try to put on a a, a face for everyone. And we'll go into debt to have a certain appearance to others. But the truth is, is we know that we're financial wreck. God doesn't want that for you. Everything that you have belongs to God, and He wants you to be wise in how you manage it. Let's be good stewards. Let's don't take that passive approach that leads to failure Let's don't steal from ourselves. Let's put into practice the wise principles that come from the Word of God so that we can replace this financial stress that we deal with day after day and week after week and month after month. Let's replace that with joy as we watch what happens when we put into practice the things principles that god has given us heavenly father pray for everyone here this morning we all need to hear this and be reminded of it lord i know that there are some that that find themselves really in a bad way financially right now and then there are others that are doing well and they have they have used these principles for years and then there's going to be people all in between We thank you, Lord, that you love us enough and you care enough about this detail of our lives to give us simple, wise steps to take. And you give us an illustration of a little creature like the ant that had a plan and was self-motivated. God, help us to find the motivation to handle our finances in a way that would be pleasing to you and that will ultimately be a blessing to us in our lives as well. God, we love you. We thank We're so thankful that you love us. I ask all this in your name. Amen. Well, Danny's not in yet, so I will take a a step uh, earlier. So if you guys are getting ready, we'll run that video in just a second. Um, Next Sunday is our Super Bowl of sharing. That's something that we do once a year um, to... Stock the food pantry at Community Seeds. Community Seeds is a ministry that's based out of Lone Oak but serves multiple c- counties uh, in, in helping people, and, and their motto is to give people a hand up, not a hand out. And so what we're going to ask for you to do next Sunday on Super Bowl Sunday is uh, come and bring canned goods, at, at non-perishables, as much as you want to, to donate. You can also, in lieu of that... Um, You can make a cash donation. If you do that, uh, either, you know, by check, uh, notate that it's for community seeds, or if you put it in one of the envelopes that are in the chairs in front of you, just put on the other community seeds or Super Bowl of Sharing, whatever, and that way they'll get every penny uh, that you turn in for that. And so that's next Sunday, and there are going to be drop-off points. You can drop off your canned goods here at the front doors. And at the uh, kids' wing, and somebody, does anybody remember? Are we doing the back wing as well? And then also in the and the adults. So, so those three areas you can drop off your food. There will be people there uh, to help get that from you. So um, please remember do that. And then, as we've done in the past, uh, you are welcome to wear the jersey of the team that you support the most. And it does not have to be one of the two teams in the Super Bowl. I don't think very many of you have. A Patriots jersey. Those were all used on ugly sweater day. So, um, but you wear what the jersey of whatever team you support the most in whatever su- sport you su- support the most. So anyway, so next Sunday, uh, be sure and, and do that. Help us uh, serve that organization uh, in a great way. If you are a guest with us, again, we want to thank you for being here. I'm not letting you out. I know you're looking like, well, we're out early. I'm, I'm giving you a PS here in just a moment. So, um. Uh, we're honored that you're here. Hope that you'll fill out the communication card for us. And uh, if you do, you can fill out as much or as little as you like. But uh, you can do one of two things. You can drop in one of the offering boxes on your way out. Or Danny will meet you at the information booth, which is just on the other side of these doors facing the, uh, the front entrance and exit. And he has a gift for you. And uh, he would love to meet you there. So, so let me just give you, because I do have a few minutes, let me give you a quick P.S. to today's message. Here's just a few things to remember. I didn't know if I'd have time to use these or not. Start thinking about your financial map and start writing it out. Start doing homework. I don't want you to try to do it all this week. I want you to uh, allow this entire series to to, to begin to to come together. But begin doing some homework. Find out what your debt is. Find out what your income is. Begin putting stuff in the categories, whether it's you know the short-term commitments, short-term priorities, or long-term lifestyle desires. So begin to write it out. First of all, the Small Business Administration says the number one reason for small business failures: poor record keeping. And ninety to ninety-five percent of American households operate without a detailed written spending plan. So let's begin to put that together. Um, rethink your living expenses. Do do you need the most expensive internet or TV plan that's available, or can you cut can you cut back? Do you have to have the, the, the most current cell phone or the brand newest car or are, are the things that you can eliminate from your life altogether? Listen, every dollar that you can cut gives you a dollar to eliminate debt or save to your long-term goals. I, I say it all the time. You can spend a dollar any way you want to, but you can only spend it once. So find the ways that you can cut those things that you don't necessarily need. Be honest. If you have a past history of credit card abuse or debit card abuse or whatever, go to cash only. Uh, and if you're like, if, if if this is people that are really good with their credit cards and this is people with credit card abuse and you're way up here, you need to cut them up altogether. Just get rid of them altogether. Because what, what you're doing is you're keeping that one thing that's causing your finances to fail. And I know the, the thing that some people say is, yeah, but if I cut up my cards, what about an emergency? You already have an emergency, right? And here's the thing. I've never known anybody to not take cash. Everybody takes cash. So be honest. Um, be realistic. Usually, now this is not, isn't always the case, but usually... If one, if you're married, one usually gets fired up about getting all this in order and one not so much. Uh, and, and so the one that gets fired up, you know, they're going to start talking about, well, if we all just had, you know, if we could just all go to one set of clothes and we sold everything else. And if we just keep one car and, and buy a bicycle and if we sell the home and get a time, tiny house for us, the four kids and the mother-in-law. OK, that is not realistic, right? Be realistic and use wisdom and and part of the realistic thing is this uh i think one of the best things that you can do and these again i'm just throwing a couple practical things at you is is uh carry cash for you to use lynn and i call it our allowance we carry cash and we both have an amount it's not a lot um but it's my money to use however I want to, and I don't have to get approval from anybody. It's my money. So if I want to use it to go out and eat 99-cent tacos at Jack in the Box all week long, that's my business. Or if I want to spend it all to go buy a shirt or something like that, it's my business. Uh, but when that money's gone, it's gone. That's your spending money. So you can't, you can't go get some more. And if you make $500 a week, you can't both have $100 a week spending money. That's just common sense. you got to get control of your money. But it'll take time. So be realis- realistic. And ultimately, your goal is to get out of the slave mentality. By that, I mean, get your debt paid off. As long as you owe someone, you're a slave to them financially. Uh, that's why the that's why they're at the very first. That's what commitments, debt repayment, because you're committed. And so you need to get out of that slave mentality financially. So get your debt paid off. Recognize also that a personal spending plan is going to force you to face some spending addictions. Um, if, if you go shopping every time you get a sales flyer, that's a problem. Uh, if you have a certain day that's designated, well, that's shopping day. Those are addictions or potential addictions that you've got to learn to do without unless you're spending what money? Your allowance money. You spend it however you want to. And you don't answer to anybody. These are all just some simple, practical things. But above all, let's be wise. Let's be realistic. Let's be honest. And let's be committed to letting God do incredible things in and through our finances. Stand with me if you would. I want to thank you so much for being here this morning. Hope that you'll join us again next week. If you're a guest, Danny would love to meet you out in the front. Have a great week. You're dismissed.